What has your life on Hi-Fi? My creator has my life on Hi-Fi. You're listening to Life on Hi-Fi, the podcast. And I'm your host, Dominic Justina. I'm a 20-something who was very self-conscious and insecure. But I've decided that I am never going back. It really doesn't matter if I create a masterpiece or not. It doesn't matter who likes it. As long as I'm enjoying the process, that's all that matters. Follow me as we talk about relationships, love, purpose, passion, you name it. Focusing on what you have versus what you don't have uh, can be a huge game changer. A public expression of freedom is just, I don't know, like, it was so, 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 so liberating for me. Do what you have to do. Take some time off if you need to. But when all is said and done, you got to keep moving forward let's commit to living our best lives together shall we what's up what's up what's up life on hi-fi listeners welcome to another episode we're at episode 17 which is the latter half we're definitely in the latter half of season one of life on hi-fi wow it's been such an amazing ride but hold on we are not done yet and this is not the season finale I'm excited. First, I'm going to start off with a story. So imagine a simple life where you live off the land and have little to no technology. Many of us in this generation can't imagine ourselves there. And it wasn't a life that I live, but it's close, very, very close to the coming of age of my grandmother and her siblings growing up in the rural parts of Jamaica isolated from modernization of the world and depending on the family's shared land to feed them and make a living. I lean on those stories to remind myself of where my family and I are coming from, to humble myself and focus on carrying the baton to the highest point I can take it so that the next generation can continue to carry out our legacy starting from a better place than I did and a much better place than anyone who came before me. It helps that I am a dreamer and that's why this feels so possible. So today I'm excited to be joined by our guest Rita. We met at an upcoming modeling agency in Toronto but she's a 20-something who lived the life I described. Rita explains she grew up with almost nothing in Rwanda but still felt fulfilled. She would have never imagined her life now, though, settled in Toronto and speaking English. I've met her as a beauty queen, show host of The Cypher Show, humanitarian, activist, speaker, but she is so much more than that. This episode is for you. If you want to get into the mind of someone like Rita, who is not afraid to carve her own path, And without further ado, I'm so excited to get this started, guys, ladies, and gentle people. Let's dive in. So I have this thing where I have to feel like I'm I'm high, like while sitting. It's like, I don't like chairs that are all the way in. I have to feel, yeah. 
you're meant to be on a throne type of thing. <laughs> oh, amen to that. I want to officially welcome you to the High Five family. Thank you so much for inviting me and for this opportunity to get to have a conversation with you. I'm so looking forward to learning a lot from you from this conversation. And it's incredible. I've been following your work. It's amazing what you're doing. And I wouldn't be more pleased and so proud to be part of it. So thank you so much. And happy Mother's Day to your mom. It's a beautiful day. Thank you. And to your mom, too. Um, I'm really excited because I've been getting some good feedback from uh, folks listening. And my takeaway is that young people are getting, you know, motivation and inspiration from these conversations. And, you know, just as listeners are learning, I'm learning, you're learning, we're all learning. So I'm excited to see where this rocket ship takes us, essentially. so you have your own talk show called the cyper show that's how you pronounce it right correct yeah you said it right okay and you're competing in the miss face of humanity global competition soon you're previously you've previously been deemed miss queen of emancipation canada in my eyes you are a model and you're a speaker i know you like to shy away from those titles (laughs) (laughs) Because you're such a humble person um, and you do have an amazing track record. But most importantly, you are a young woman in your early 20s. And just like myself, you have big dreams. So I definitely want to get into that. Um, Okay, let's start from how we met. Do you remember? I like to ask my guests this all the time. (laughs) I think I do. Yeah, we were um, having a photo shoot at this uh, new modeling agency that was starting up. But I don't quite remember how we started our conversation, like uh, how you and I got to start talking. I, I don't either. To be honest, I remember you were sitting down while I, and it, by the way, I'm by no means a model. <laughs> I this was like my first photo shoot um officially like in a studio and my mom was there and then I think you were sitting nearby her close to her mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you were there with your friend oh, I don't yeah. remember, oh my God. I don't yeah, remember how my friend I met her there too for the first time I, oh, really? remember, I think I asked you about your mom. I was like, is she your sister? Like, no, she's my mom. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys are so young and beautiful. Like I was just so thrilled about how you get, how you looked amazing. And she was helping fix your dress and everything. I was like, this is so beautiful. It was Honestly, it was that love that I felt from you that I was just like, oh my gosh, you are beautiful too. And I, I just, I feel like in the moment, I just needed to get your IG. And then we took it from there. But yes, that is how we met. We met in Toronto at a um uh, an up- upcoming modeling agency. So you were born in Rwanda, in a village in Rwanda. What was what was growing up there like? And um, how did you end up here in Toronto? And did you know you wanted? Did you know what you wanted to be growing up? Oh my God, those are so deep and beautiful questions that I gotta be. Um, 
careful we're answering them because it's it's a it's a long journey in the sense that like uh, um I think it's Randall you've had him on your show um he -hmm. used to tell me so many times that we're old souls and I never quite understood what that is as a person who doesn't believe in ghosts or being possessed so I'm like what do you mean we're old souls he's like yeah we've been here before I'm like what do you mean it's like the way you think and view life you feel like you've lived so long and you've had so much of experience but you're only like 20 years old or 22 years of age or something like that mm-hmm. so um growing up in Rwanda like in the village was the most beautiful thing like um my grand I was raised by my grandparents uh, my mom my mother left me when I was like months old uh, I never quite got to know her so I was raised from my uh, my father's parents Mm. they took me in I never once questioned that they weren't my parents except the little questions of oh they're too old to be my parents like how she's too old yet but she's still like I knew her as my mother but people are like no she can't be your biological mother you have to be a certain age for you to still give birth and all that but nonetheless she loved me more than I could ever imagine um, I had my best friends who didn't have anything. They had to make like clothing from like uh, their mother's part of their clothes, like little things like that. We shared almost nothing yet. We felt like we are fulfilled. At some point that like, I had like one pair of shoes that, for all school. Like you only had, you, you needed one to go to school and you needed one good outfit for Sunday char- charge service. And I was so fulfilled that when I look at the things I have right now, when I look at the money that I spent on clothing, I'm like, I, why am I sad when my first read that I don't have a new dress for the upcoming birthdays of my friend when I used to have one outfit and I could wear it until it got torn or until I lost it somewhere. And I knew, I, I knew how to take care of it because that's what I had. And that was the happiest. So um, mm. as I grew up in like, I... I had so many things that I now look back and appreciate more. And uh, back to your question, if I ever thought I was ever going to come to Canada, honestly, not in the life of me or anyone who has ever known me in the past, uh, before like five, four years ago, no one would ever say that Rita would ever go to Canada or speak English like I'm speaking right now. No, I knew one language up until I was like, uh, up until four years ago, or five years ago. That is I cool. Know. That is so cool. Yeah. What's your What's your first language? Kinaranda. Oh, okay. Can you say, um, I guess can you say a sentence for me in any language? I've never heard. I love learning about other cultures. <laughs> um, means you're so beautiful. Oh wow! Thank you. How do I say thank you in in that language? Murakose. Murakose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, you said it right. Yeah, but of course, it's like Z E at the oh, end. Oh, okay. Thank you. Correctly. So, okay, so you had, I, I kind of like similarly, not necessarily the same, but similarly, I grew up in Jamaica, and honestly, being on the island, things are a little bit more, um, more simple. Like you can take, I could wake up and for instance get tea from my backyard and just like cut the bush <laughs> my yeah. favorite was fever grass and then put in a pot boil it make tea you were saying you were happier there's something to say about having a, a simpler life yeah, and having what we prioritize what we prioritize and I think mm-hmm. I think um, we were talking about it like being in the pandemic 
everybody at the same time we're able to prioritize what's essential right Mm -hmm. and it it just feels I don't know it feels like a lesson worth holding on to um absolutely yeah and okay so being so you grew up in the village and, and you had less access to what you have now um but like you said you never imagined yourself here. What was your path like getting from Rita, the little girl who grew up in the village, to Rita, the young woman who's now here in the city? Um, I would say um, I'm so much of a believer that there is something that is meant to be and something that is already created for us to fulfill. Um, the things around me, so my uh, my fathers, sisters, and brothers, they were they were able to go to high school. Like my family was like the rich one that you could say within the community because we had like big lands, we have more cows and all those things. Um, whereas the students that I went to school with, including my best friend, she got pregnant, which was like uh, 16. So what, as soon as we finished the primary school, the first years of education, mm-hmm. she got pregnant and then she, her mother was also like a, a single mom who had that when she was like also as young, like 20, 20, 20 And so, and then all other friends too, like the first things to finish your primary school, get married. And then if you're lucky enough, get a house, a few goats or cows. And then a cow is like the richest thing, but like oh. a few goats and then you're cool. Like that's the limitation of life. That's the best thing you can ever accomplish to get married wow. right after school. Wow. So to say that I'm going to go to school, have a career and like choose without like the people who are presidents or doctors, they live in the movies, they live in the films, they live in the newspapers. We didn't have TV or technology. It's going to sound weird because it's like, who still has that in this generation? You'd think your parents are the ones who would say to scare you, but I lived in that where we use petrol and the lights and candles to, to light up our house. It's like, it's all, it's all those little things that it kind of limited my dreams in a sense because I was like everybody around me is that but my family had the, the opportunity or the liberty and the chance to to have another window to life another chance where my uncle was already um a, a leader in the city like in the capital city and my aunt was going to go to her school in India it's like we had all these other things they'll come to visit me and bring for me a new book with like a little football player at the back and that was the best book I would show it off to my school <laughs> and like all those little things and they'll bring for me like um the pencil that has rubber on the top because we used to have to get donations from uh, like a uh, missionaries would come and uh, they would give us like a rubber and a pencil but in this case my aunt would bring me the pencil with the rubber on the top and I would go the whole school showing it off like all wow. those little things you wow. know <laughs> so like to come from that and to come here where um I buy everything like I'm the type of person who really I give a lot I give more than people who call me stupid or foolish because I I've been to a point where I realized like um I lived well. I had the happiest ever so when I didn't have any of the things that right now I'll be struggling to hold on to. So for mm-hmm. instance, if someone asks me for money, I'll give them every penny that I have if that money means like you're going to drop out of school. So I need school fees. I'm going to give it to you all of it because I'm like, I've lived without the money at some point. I, as long as I have shelter, as long as I have food, even if it's one bread, I've lived to the point where these things don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's like you learn to live with your hands open at, at all times. Things can be placed, things can be lost in a second. Wow. Wow. 
that's that's an incredible I think that I talk about you know being able to live and not being attached to the things we have but I couldn't even like imagine being you know growing up in a place that you just described with no you know you're using candles with with like what else you were describing like petroleum that's what you were using to yeah and the big things like we had this other new thing that came where they use batteries and then you can connect little wires to it I know how to do it even like right now I want to make it just to show my friends at some point and then you can you put little bulbs on the top and you can make electricity around the house using like the remote control but um uh, what do you call it batteries and it's the so- most incredible thing I've ever seen what was it okay what was it I guess also that's amazing and the fact that you can bring that with you like even though you're here is such a great inspiration to draw from like because you lived in a world that many of us have not seen or experienced so you know that like no matter what I can survive without all of these things which is pretty cool and then you had it sounds like you had family who were expanding beyond the village and then they would come back and influence you right and and kind Mm -hmm. of make you realize that there was more of the world to experience so is that how you I think you said you so you went from there and then where did you go afterwards did you go straight to Canada no, uh, so my father uh, had another family, like he uh, was married, and at some point I knew him as my brother, because uh, I was raised by his parents, so they would take me, I call them my mom and my father, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so when he would come with his family, because like, uh, his wife was like really light-skinned, and all their kids were light-skinned, and they spoke English and French, and they had shoes, there was the city kids, so when they would okay. show up, I was like, oh, my brother's kids are here. I was their auntie and all that. But I, when, um, when I finished a primary school, my grandmother was like, no, you got to take her to the city because if she stays here, she's going to be like everybody else. So my father was like, yeah, I like, she suffered a lot. This is my moment for me to make it up to her and give her a good school. He mm-hmm. took me literally from zero to like a hundred, took me to the best school where the prime, the, the um, prime uh, minister's, students I mean children went to um the the students who became the first in the country I didn't know that was a thing to win the country and become the first one uh in certain subjects they went to that school they was they all spoke English I had no idea how to say good morning so he took me from this zero level and he put me in a private school the first top I think number number one or second school in in the whole country so it was a huge change. Wow. And then from there. This is the Rwanda, three, right? This was yeah. still in Rwanda. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then like the first three years of that, I was horrible. I was the most terrible kid, rebellious, because I had just found out my father, my brother was my father. I had just found out that my biological mom uh, exists somewhere, although she left me, that she has a family somewhere. So it was like an angry kid. I'm, oh I mean, an angry kid. Yeah. And uh, I was getting like suspensions within school. I was uh, like uh, wanting, I think I even stole shoes at some point, some outfits, like all those little things. Like I became really terrible the first three years of my secondary school, of my high school. So you're, so now it's just clicking <laughs> that you said your brother, who you thought was your brother, was actually your father. Mm-hmm yeah was he how did you find out did he tell you or did you have to do some digging on your own 
So there is, um, my grandparents had this person who helped them take care of the cattles and uh, he, they've had him for over 20 years. Like uh, during the genocide, they migrated to a different country and that's where they got him and they raised him as their own son, but he's, they gave him a few cows and he, he took care of it as if it was part of the family. So he will tell me all those things behind the scenes. He'll say, oh, no, they're too old. Your mom lives somewhere. Or the family that comes to visit is uh, your dad. He's not your, your brother. Like all the, he gave me all the secrets. So I, I started writing poetry like, uh, as letters to my mother. And then my father found out about the letters. And then he had to tell me the whole truth. And yeah, it was a whole Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. So the person that your grandparents took in was like on the side, like feeding you information so you could be guided to the truth which I mean I'm glad that you were guided to the truth um mm-hmm. because it probably has a lot to do with who you are now because um, yeah. I feel like there is a lot of parents don't tell us yeah. uh, in uh in the mask of prote- of protecting us but they yeah. are causing more harm than it is than if I let you if I lay all my cards on the table and let you decide of what to become yeah and so speaking about who you are now and, and what to become, who did you, did you know who you wanted to be or what you wanted to do as when, once you were exposed to that new world, essentially? Um, I think in that, like in the midst of getting lost, you also get to realize um, the privileges you've had along the way um, and the things you don't like, you no longer like. Mm-hmm. So in order to become someone new, something new, or to, to trace a new path, you have to have something that you, you don't like. Like I, for one, I hate being poor. Not in the sense of I won't have so much money or big houses and all that. I hate being poor in the sense that I'm not able to provide for myself and the people that mm-hmm. I care about. Mm-hmm. So I saw that and I was like, I have these privileges. I I became a head girl, like a, a high school president at that school, right after getting lost in everything. I received awards. Like I saw the privilege of wanting to be someone and being influential and being better and thinking better too. And mm-hmm. I was like, I wish my best friend can be here to do the same. Cause she was more intelligent than I was. She did all my homeworks. And I wish my classmates could be here because they had dreams and they cared and they had compassion. Then you get to see this, friend of yours in high school has all the privileges, but they're they're not kind enough to give. They're only working hard to provide money for themselves. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I wish my friends could be, I wish I could be this uplifted with the people that have the same heart as I do. I want to to give a chance to those people to know that the dreams exist. Because it's sad, it's sad when, it's one thing to, to waste your dream, Mm-hmm. And it's another thing not to know that you have the freedom to have a dream. Yeah, sorry. I just felt that <laughs> so much, okay. like a gut punch. I was having that this conversation with um, a friend of mine. And basically, it's like growing up in an environment and, you know, not having the most. So my parents come from very humble beginnings. And what they had to do was they didn't really have the support of um their parents necessarily to propel them in the best circumstances so they had to go seek that for themselves you know like moving from the country moving to the city all of that um and sometimes I wonder like is it the environment that dictates you know what 
that person has the potential to be or is it the person themselves who has to connect with that potential and know that regardless of where they are they're different and then go seek it for themselves and I, I think we landed on the fact that it's unbalanced like we have a system that you know makes it seem like we have less options than we truly do and mm-hmm. then we also have our free will right the ability to say like I see what's going on around me however I feel like there's more and I and because of that, I'm going to go on to this journey to go seek more something that feels a little bit more abundant than what I'm right. in right now yeah mm-hmm. absolutely 100% agree with that because uh, uh, there is that inner voice that tells you to be better there is that inner voice that calls you to help or to to compare around like compassion and then there is that like balance of what the society says and what has been deemed possible you know mm-hmm. and that puts you like right under the rock at some if you're not strong enough if you are not resilient to keep bumping your head into the walls everywhere because you find all the doors are closed there is a limited rooftop above you you know and it's like you gotta pave your own way. So I think that's that's where the the balance comes in, and the losing of stability comes in. And it's a war. It's a battle. Yeah. Yeah, it is a war. It is a battle. And like, but at the end of the day, it's like, oh, okay, let's pave our our own way. And I mean, I want to bring it back to even why life on Hi-Fi was created because. I think that, you know, we're all kind of on this journey, right? And we can decide that we want to become like an even better version of who we are right now today. And that's my journey towards self-mastery. That's your journey towards self-mastery. And if we could hold these conversations and, you know, propel each other and encourage each other on those journeys together, like to me, that's so ideal because we forget like, if we close our eyes and like tune into what the system and the society is telling us, mm-hmm. we often forget that we have the capacity to do more, you know, and to, Absolutely. yeah, mm-hmm. do more what, than what's prescribed or recommended or molded for all of us. If there is one imprint that you'd like to leave on the world in this lifetime before you go, what would that imprint be? Or I guess that message. Mm. Explain a little bit more. So, okay. I know you're really young. And mm-hmm. so this answer might change depending on the time, um, if it's years from now. But given that the, the person you are now and what you've experienced, if there is one thing, one lesson, one um, impact that you'd like to have on people, one lesson that you'd like to help to share with people, what would that thing be? Uh, I think I am still rooted into the a concept of uonu, which uh, which is to mean I am because you are, or I am because we are. Oh, so could you repeat that word again? It's called uonu. Okay. Uh, it's like I was, I think uh, they originated from uh, South Africa, come like it's related to Obumon, which means humanity. And then the one in itself, I think Mandela is the one who was more into that so much. Uh, it's like I am because we are. I am because we are okay mm -hmm. so if I was able like I I want people to remember me by she dared to and she did not live for herself I -hmm. try to do that because at any moment I live for me and I feel like the best moments that I feel more fulfilled and more proud of are the moments I've lived for others the moments that I have 
crossed or pushed my path to cross with uh, someone else's, not my own lane, not just me, me, me. Because then I don't feel appreciated enough. I, I'm more of a person who, who gets appreciated from uh, the heart. If I am about to see someone like smile, I don't cry when I'm sad. Like I only cry when I'm happy and like from the littlest of things. Someone says, oh my God, hi Rita, how are you today? I can literally shed tears on that. So like that's my Thanksgiving and like the only thing I would love is if people get to say she dared and uh, she lived for others. I think you are one of the most beautiful and rarest souls <laughs> I've met. You just have so much compassion and love for others and I do want to say congratulations I know recently you raised twenty thousand dollars through your organization when the pandemic started and uh, once again it freaks back to how I was raised in my own life journey realizing that we're ordering so many things on Amazon like uh, packaging and like buying so many things to put in in case we're not allowed to go outside and I remembered back home we don't have any of these technologies so we don't have um, deliveries we don't have some of us don't even have, like, they don't have telephones to order anything or even internet. So I'm like, these people live day by day. If you're able to go work for someone else, then you go home with enough money to afford food for that day. There's no such a thing as savings. There is no such a thing as a monthly pay rate. No, it's day by day. So how are these people going to survive when the whole world, the Western world is surviving of savings or of government help? So it's from there, and I'm an organization called United for Humanity. I reached out to all other artists, like poets, uh, poets, singers, and as well as other organizations. And we came together, we did a sh an event showcase and mm -hmm. people were able to donate money and uh, were able to raise $20,000, which is like millions back home. And yeah, people were able to eat for a few more days while they figure out how to survive for the rest. That is amazing. So you mentioned your organizations United for uh, Humanity, right? Correct. And I'm interested in knowing how you prepared yourself for managing an organization like this. Do you have a business background or do you have previous experience in managing in the nonprofit space? Honestly, no, I have no idea. Uh, there is this one friend who has a huge organization. He's like 45 years of age. And he hates me. He hates my guts in the sense that what? he wants to help me. Like literally, he wants to help me. He wants to nurture me. He wants to like me but my mentor because he, he has all these experiences. And for the past five years, he was able to create his own organization. And I am 23. I've done so much. I've done so many fundraising events. I have collaborated with community centers in Toronto. I've worked with shelters, like all these things, but in uh, grassroots. So he's like, Rita, you got to put a name on this. You got to create um, leadership or you got to create a board members. You got to apply for these grants. But then there's all this paperwork and I have no idea. Because then it needs for you to plan. That and sounds overwhelming. Tool, it's like, yeah. you need to do all these paperwork. And like, I'm a free thinker in the sense that what I want to do today might not be the thing that I want to do tomorrow morning. I cannot plan in the next five days. I have no idea what I want to do in the next five days. Like I don't do the to-do list. So to tell me to lead an organization that is going to require me to write the, the upcoming events at least in two months ahead, that's not possible. That's like killing a dream. So we reached <laughs> a point where I was like, do you want me to keep doing what I'm doing or give up my dreams in order to have it on paper? 
and he's like, you know what? I give up on you. Do you? I will be behind you picking up the slacks. And if it's applying for grants, I applied in like, I applied two days or one week of the event. And I get so many no's because of the way I act. But it is the hardest thing that I am going through. Like, I feel like I'm shedding off some skin. <laughs> Do you have, is he working with you like on a team to help guide you with organizing and doing the paperwork? No, he had happen? to quit. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he's like i'm going to be helping on the side but because um the team members that i have or the board members he wants uh, it to be like someone who is more um educated more qualified people that you need to pay in order to take on a job because they know how to write uh, application letters for grant writings like uh, people who can take your idea to the mps for it to be chosen for something abcd Whereas for me, I want the people that I want on the on, um, on board members are my friends. People who I'm going to call five in the morning and be like, I want us to host a charity event tomorrow morning because there has been a pandemic or there has been a hurricane in this country mm-hmm. and we need to help them. Those are the kind of people that I want on my board members. People who motivate me. Like mm-hmm. I want to create a space that I'm still able to think and dream and still be me. And mm-hmm. people who won't tell me, but, but, but no, people will be like, okay, that's your, that's your idea. That's your dream. Let's do it. Let's see what we can do. Those are the people I want. I don't yeah. want someone that you can pay. There is, there are things you can't afford with money. Yeah. It's a push and pull. I get what you're saying, but then I also get what your uh, mentor is saying, because mm-hmm. in order to like scale up and, and, achieve the dream it's like you do need the people who are more tapped into less of the visionary stuff but more into the like day-by-day task-by-task stuff that you don't want to focus on so it's I I get it it's it's tough it's a tough one (laughs) no I moved my personal hero now is mother Teresa because she gave up everything and went to the village to serve the poor and became poor as them I'm like if that that's what it means for me to still exist in the society that tells me you have to have mission statements you have to narrow down your dreams because I'm like he's like oh so your organization does it focus on women does it focus on children I'm like I care more about humanity just because I want to focus on women, I don't want a man to come to my doorsteps and I'm going to say no. The whole reason why I created this organization was because I came here as an, as an immigrant. I would go to an office, they would tell me, oh, sorry, we don't focus on housing. We only care about the food. Uh, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, But I'm homeless. What happens if you give me food and then I'm going to be killed on the street or I'm going to die because, of, because I'm cold? can can you at least direct me where I can get this information direct no go check and there must be another organization that focuses on that I'm like if there was one center where they have like they take the United Nations Mm -hmm. where they can lead you direct you to all these channels where you can get ABCD and still be a whole so that's what I wanted to create than just to be narrowed and be boxed in this one center you are you've lived too deep within it to feel like there's this one one solution like I understand why that would seem like a band-aid solution to you or or inefficient because you've been there and you know what you would have needed and you know what your best friend would have needed and your family in the village would have needed so you're so close to the thing that you're solving that it's tough to rein it in and to hear no's or to hear people who have no idea what it feels like it it seems limiting right like from your perspective yeah it is limiting also like um, I had the idea of this is how things are done 
I'm so liberious in a sense that like, there are types of uh, people that I cannot sit with for a second. I'm a good listener, but mm -hmm. if, um, and the great, like, I love debating, like I'm a Libra. So that's like one of the personality traits. I, I play like a devil's advocate and some people like really get mad because like, we know we you agree with this, but why are you disagreeing? Why are you I'm debating? Because like, I want to know what you think. <laughs> that sounds like a Virgo trait. I didn't know that Libras were known for that too. <laughs> oh my God, we do. And it's it's annoying sometimes because you're not hundred percent for sure this person does not believe in people being killed yet they're defending like a genocide just for the sake of understanding how people get to think. So mm -hmm. when someone tells me this is how things are done, this is how you're supposed to do things, I'm like, you are part of a society that contributes to this. Your vote counts just as much as the other ninety-nine. So you tell me this is how things are done. It's like you telling me there's nothing I can do to make a change or to leave. Um, I, I like to leave my name somewhere in this wall. It's like mm -hmm. your existence doesn't matter. Because mm -hmm. um, there is this one lady who I told um, to help me apply for some papers. I think it was documents or work permit. And she's like, you don't have ABCD, so you're not going to be qualified. And then I'm like, who, did, who says that I, I'm qualified or not? She's like, oh, the people above me. But I'm like, but you're here, you're a vessel for them. You voice for them as much as you can voice for me. So take to them and say, this is, these are my reasons why I feel like I deserve it. And then she's <laughs> like, oh, but then they will say this. I'm like, so are you saying you're useless in this, in this era? Like you being an advocate or a middle person is useless. And then she's like, wow, you just disrespected me, called me useless. I'm like, no, because you're saying you're here as a best, you're here to tell me what they think should be done. Mm -hmm. which is like what happens with the governments too when they tell you this is how the government says these are the new rules and they say it as if they are messengers of someone else instead of taking responsibility and feeling like they're part of that community or that uh republic or that society that contribute to these rules and the regulations can i tell you i think that that goes hand in hand with what i was saying before where we are individual vessels right we have Absolutely. free will. However, mm -hmm. there is the system and the system has found a way to see and build. Actually, so my friend um, mentioned that we are the most, let me see if I can remember exactly how he said it. I can't remember exactly how he so said it's it. It's like saying your own words, it's okay. But um, basically we were talking and so it's actually my partner and he was saying that we are the most um controlled set of people like the system has found a way to just get better and better each decade to control us right and it eventually becomes infectious it eventually spreads so much where it doesn't feel like we can do otherwise like, it feels like we just have to go along with it. Like, that's the way things are done. But here you are not, you know, growing up, you weren't plugged into that system. So you haven't been molded by it as long as a lot of people have, right? Mm -hmm. Generation over generation, you know, you, you don't have impact on that. So it sounds like you're just like, this is ridiculous. Like you're waking up to this thing that everyone's trying to, I don't want to say worship because I don't want to use a religious word, but everyone is adhering to. And you're just mm -hmm. like, are you? You can you doubt like you can what is it okay to say that word like being engaged in the leadership roles at school or even seeing my grandfather how he was able to to um influence some of the decisions that were made in the society yeah. i get to realize that 
he had the saying some days he would wake up and be like you know what i don't like the way people walk through my my uh my my crops like where I, where I planted my my plants because they steal it and he would go ahead and pass that law into the community and everyone would say you know what this road is closed mm-hmm. and that was because of his personal reasons his personal opinion so you get to realize just how much an idea can influence people and how much you are part of that train of people because if you're saying oh 10 people are going this direction and you don't realize you're part of those 10 people you know what I mean? And if you stand alone, someone say, oh, but one person standing over there, they'll stand right behind you. So that just shows you how much we have a canvas. We are living canvas. We are. Ooh. We are. <laughs> it's funny because my, my grandfather was someone who lived in the, he grew up in the city, which I found out recently. However, when I knew him as the version he was when I was growing up, he was living on a mountain in St. Anne which is a parish in Jamaica, kind of like a a province, essentially, or a state, but it's a parish in Jamaica. um, And he was in the rural, like mountain tops. And (laughs) that's where he lived. He chose to live in a shack that he built himself. Right. Mm -hmm. And a very minimalist lifestyle. He made crafts and he was just this eccentric human being. And I grew up in the city. Right. So Mm -hmm. I was completely not kind of locked away from that only when I moved to visit him sometimes would I be exposed to his way of life and what he would do is he would point he would so we're on a kind of like a cliff and he would say Daniel because that's what my family calls me and he would just like kind of show me the scene and I would see all the treetops and he would say all of this is yours Mm -hmm. Only, only to say like life is so expansive it's so much more than you think it is and it's all yours and you have the freedom to do with it what you may and I as a little girl didn't know that because I was just like yeah grandpa's crazy like (laughs) but honestly I always go back to that moment and I remember my mantra now is there is no cage big enough to hold you and I realized that that mantra is just that feeling of wanting freedom and wanting to to um commit to the idea that there is so much more to life and nothing really out there system or not can really cage this soul like we're you said it to me as well we are spiritual beings having a human experience Mm -hmm. and to me that's something that is not a common thought process to have on a day-to-day in a city like Toronto in North America like in that context it's it's hard to hold on to it but everything is physical yeah like that's the saddest thing it's like how I dress is how people are going to respect me how well my hair looks like is what people are going to do sometimes I would choose not to care about my outfits because uh, I was like oh people will judge me because of this some people respect me because of how I'm dressed but then at the end of the day I'm like no I want my inside to portray outside like if I am going to the supermarket, I want to dress like I'm going to see some uh, legend. Yeah. Like literally, it's like the little things like that. But like, I feel like we care more about the physical more than anything. Yeah. Like, we, what it becomes after. Yeah, we are definitely physical creatures now more than than anything. But I think it's tough, Rita. Like I get fall, I fall into that trap as well. Like I feel as if I have to adhere to the rules here. In order to, if I want to get ahead, if I want to make progress, I have to adhere. I can't just, you know. Build barriers, yeah. Yeah, but just you know what's funny liberated. though? Yeah, I go ahead. I feel like um, 
if you are content spiritually, no matter how crazy and how so out of the rules and sort of the society it sounds, you find yourself, you're contained and you are enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And your spirit comes first. You act as though you, you are aware of the rules and regulations because what your true spirit, your purity tells you to do are things that respect other human beings, are things that tell me to love. Whereas if I listen more to my body and my skin, it tells me to hate white people because they killed my ancestors. It tells me to hate my fair runners because they killed my grandparents or my, my aunties and uncles. So you find that if you are able to cleanse your spirituality, to know what you want from within, you are able to still be enlightenment with what the society proclaims, if that makes sense, like the 10, the ten commandments of God, which is what the society still puts in place to so don't kill, don't hate, don't rob, like things that make the society what it is. Mm -hmm. But if you act from within, you realize I wouldn't want someone to kill me or to kill my children. I wouldn't want someone to steal what I love the most. So you're still falling into place, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Oh, yeah, that definitely. Wow. Like that's it's so a weird way. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're blind. You're choosing to listen to your inner voice. But yeah. then at the same time, you find you're not falling on any stones or any broken, shattered glasses at all. And it's like, wow, I thought I can only survive this if I used my eyes. But no, it starts all from within, I think. In any dreams and any goals, everything starts from the inside and then comes out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I believe, I strongly believe that as well. So when we are young, you know, it's so easy to dream big. But as we get older, we, of course, we are more aware of the system and we often start to question and even worse, give up on the things that the dreams that we had when you we were young. Right. And we thought things were more expansive. And, you know, I can personally say that when reality hit me in young adulthood, now all of a sudden there's bills and like insurance to pay for and managing my finances, you know, Bitcoin, NFT, like all of these things happening that you feel like you have to stay on top of in order to be successful. You know, it puts a lot of pressure on, on, on you to try and learn about the systems more. Right. Um, you recently, I love this. You slid into my DMs and you sent me this video with Nipsey Hussle and yeah. he was, he was speaking about something similar, but, um, and I'll plug it in so that listeners can hear, but from your perspective, how do you think, um, we can kind of safeguard ourselves from falling into that trap too deeply where we start to give up on that part of ourselves? the dreaming, the dreamer parts of ourself? Um, I think you have to realize that everything outside, uh, be it that job, be it that money, um, you accumulate it. It's because you created that opportunity for yourself. Whether you say I worked so hard to go get it, or I paid this much, or I invested this much of time or this much of money to get it, it's because you did it. Without you, that thing wouldn't have been happening. Without you, that education or that diploma wouldn't have been accumulated in any way. So if everything starts with you, then how much more would it happen or be impacted if it started with your dreams? So it's in a sense that if, um, if I dream to help people, then that's at the core value of everything I want to do. I'll go to mm -hmm. school to learn, but I won't forget who I am and what mm -hmm. I wanted to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's like... Um, 
this, I think it's a book I read and they were saying that the, the, the world is dark, everything is black, no one is beautiful, no one is ugly. And then I was like, what do you mean by that? They're like, oh, there is no colors. There's no such a thing as colors. And then like, if you don't believe me, close your eyes. And then it's like, wow, all I see is darkness. So, which means I am able to give life to everything outside of me. I'm able to give these colors. That's interesting. So, okay. So the book was saying that the world is the same as our it's eyes closed. It's blank. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't understand that because if we are in one state where the world is dark, right? But we open our eyes and we're able to see, I don't know if we're open our Help me understand that a little bit more. I guess. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Is it saying that the world as we know it when our eyes are open is truly the world and it's more so when our eyes are closed? No, it's more so when, when your eyes are open. So it's to say that it's like how let's say, um, let me use like a, your child because we don't have children, both of us. Like, and I'll say your, your child is really ugly. Mm-hmm. And then you look at your child as like the most beautiful child, the most beautiful creature you've ever seen because they're children. Mm-hmm. But it's all perspective. I'm like, oh, oh, he or she has a really weird eyes or like lazy eyes, like things that people call ugly. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's all, all because of my perspective. But if I yeah. close my eyes, it's plainly the only thought I have, the only imagination I have is there's a human being. I have no idea how tall they are, the tone of their skin, the texture of their hair, the, the softness of their body or anything like that. Or if, if they have pimples or dimples or anything, like I have no idea of that. So everything starts from a perspective. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. I am a dreamer and I approach everything in life from a, a, from a footstep, from a footprint of a dreamer, then everything becomes what I intended it to be. Mm. Okay, so that is like, I am, that's you talking about living with intention and like mm-hmm. knowing the intention behind what you want before going out and doing it. That way, everything Absolutely. that happens connects. It, it feeds It feeds into your, your dream, essentially. A hundred percent, yeah. That's awesome. I couldn't have said it anymore. I didn't mean any better. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I remember when we were talking about the other day, like what we do to protect our vision. You said the first thing you do is you write things down, which I a hundred percent agree with. Like before I did this podcast, I wrote a whole lot of things down. Like why am I even doing this in the first place? Mm-hmm. Um, I have no business. I'm not qualified to be doing any of this, but what drives me is my why. I love that. I love that so much. I'm not qualified to do this. I love that so much. Like you, you have no idea. You know, when you say like, I kind of like knocked you. There's this thing where I say like a literal term that I feel like I, you slapped my brain, like literally went into my brain and touched it. And that's how I feel with that. Like I'm not qualified to do this. Hence you are doing it. I slapped your brain. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like Wow. <laughs> so what are some other things that you do when you have these dreams of like, okay, I want to raise $20,000 for the people um, back home. Or I want to start right now with the Cypress show, your TV show, right? Walk me through how you're, what you do when you feel like a vision coming on or, or um, a part of a, a, a feature of your dream coming to pass. You write it down and then what? What do you do to make sure that you can hold on to it? So what happens is uh, even like the $20,000, I didn't say this is how much I'm going to raise. 
I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put together a collective group of artists from all over the world since it's all on social media. I reached out to like really incredible, like the verified poets from Instagram and they they showed up, they replied to me. Some some are in Paris. People that I adored from my sofa sounds on YouTube, which is like a, a great deal of uh, open mics. And like they reached out to me They're like, yeah, we're willing to help. And now like, okay, when people come in, they can pay like uh, whatever, however much they want. So even my goal, when I dream of it, I'm like, I'm going to do my responsibility. I'm going to pull my dream into the reality, into the world, but I have no expectations of what it's going to make because expectations limits it. If mm-hmm. I want to create this vision, I'm not saying I want to be like Oprah, like my TV show. I want to be like Ellen show. I want it to be, uh, I know a few things like I want it to be on a billboard for advertisement, like little things like that. But do I want to say in this country, in that country, or do I want to say the number of subscribers that I want? No, because I'm like, I could say 100 and God wants me to have 2,000. I could say I want 1,500 and God wants me to have a million. So it's like, if I can do what I feel I'm supposed to do, then mm-hmm. there is limitless, limitless, endless of opportunities and privileges I'll be able to to prosper. It's like planting seeds. You don't know how many tomatoes are gonna come on, on that one seed, seed that you planted, but mm-hmm. you believing this seed will have seeds that will come after it, which is the most beautiful thing. If you do your part, wow, there is no limit to, to what you're going to be able to, uh, how do you call it? Like, uh, what do you call it? I'm referring the word. Like, it's like uh, sowing. There is planting and. Um, oh, you sowing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There that, is no limit to that. That there. Wow. Okay. I I think that's such an interesting thought in this day and age because when people talk about goal setting or, um, and. Uh, I don't think the word is envisioning but when you're trying to picture a goal or something that you want they always say be as specific as possible I've had mentors Mm -hmm. who are just like be specific you know aim for yeah put a number on realistic idea right yeah or even like (laughs) I also work in the corporate world right now so I do this I do my creative work but I work in corporate um as a product manager and Mm -hmm. basically we have so many metrics that we're trying to go for and it's like we're reaching high um we're going for these metrics but like what I'm hearing you saying and I get that as well so I get you know wanting to have those goals and in a context where things are a little bit more regulated it makes sense like corporate but what I'm hearing you saying is like listen if I'm saying I'm aiming for a thousand subscribers and the universe wants to give me four thousand instead Mm -hmm then why would I limit myself? Why am I capping myself? Why don't I just aim? Because if you're setting realistic goals, you're setting the things that (laughs) your visual eyes are able to tell you and show you that are possible. So in reality, you're doing something that everybody else has ever done. It's like, oh, it's like a formula. I'm like, so where is the room for me to still be me and for me to pave my own path that has never been created before? If all I'm doing is is setting realistic goals. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you have this idea that came from nowhere and you want to give it roots and a source of existence and things to make it stable, but you don't like it's a it's a dream, it's it's an idea. An idea is tan- is a non-tangible, it's nothing physical, it doesn't have a formula, it doesn't, it's not comp- it doesn't have components. So mm-hmm. let it be that even when it comes to the real world. I feel like that's how dreams die. 
Because when the, mm. when you speak, it's like you want, you feel your breath coming out and you want to give it a shape as well. Like, no, it came out as breath. Let it be breath. Why do people use a painting? And they're like, oh, describe your painting in words. No, I use a painting because there is no words that could describe this painting. So mm. let it be that. Let it be what it is. Yeah. Wow. Now it's, now it's, we could do that on water, change water into ice, yes, but you also want to paint it, to make it a human being, into a human being form, but you also want it to breathe and not melt when it's under the sun. It's going to melt because it's not what it's meant for. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I feel like that's what happens to our dreams. We limit it by trying to make it into what the world already is when something that is constantly being formed and being created. So when it comes to a dream, being, making it measurable, what you're saying can work against us sometimes because we can, we have no idea how big it can expand if we allow it to kind of, you know, flourish into something of its own. It can take us into directions that we would, we wouldn't have anticipated. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, because it's like yeah. once, like five years ago, let's say like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said that um, I'm going to be passing through Kensington Market in order to get to Blow Street or Blow, like Blow and Young. But like, yeah. people created that, that route. So if I'm thinking of an idea and the only route I can think of is that which has been already paved, then it's most likely I'm going to end up where everybody else ended up. And that's the, the end of my, my destination. Mm-hmm. But I want to be far. I want to, to know what Rita could be and can be if she was lost somewhere and she, has, she had to find on her own ways. And that's you, what I'm after. I'm going to, I'm probably going to be reaching out to you whenever I feel, because I have that push and pull where I'm just like, I want to be this free agent, this free spirit. But then I also feel like, oh my gosh, like there's so much I want to, I feel like I have to be part of the system and, and know the system in, in order to, you know, make moves and make strides so whenever I feel more like demotivated I feel like I know who to listen to and the funny thing is like you're not the only one I too like I have those moments because I have all these dreams but of course I need the money to bring them to life of course I need to afford these things of course I need to pay the artists who, who contribute their time to this I would feel good if I was able to at least pay for their transportation to come to my show mm-hmm. I would feel good if I was able to afford the theater that I wanted to do towards the next venture like all those little things and then I beat myself down I'm like Rita you need to learn how to do this you need to learn how to do that but then at the end of the day it's like Rita you've done ABCD in the past also looking at your past testimonies can take you far mm-hmm. it's like there are things you didn't believe or think they were ever going to happen and yet they happened mm-hmm. so when you feel like you're hitting the rock bottom and you feel like this is it I need to accumulate and step into the, into what the society expects me to be for me to flourish and to, for me to be able to grow into the to be the human being that I want to be you also need to flash back and know that my journey what is it that happened to me what are the days that I thought I was going to die that were the, the last days of my life what are the days that I thought I was going to drop out of school because I didn't have school fees what are the days that I wanted to become something and there were these hundreds of limitations what are the days I felt like I was going to be um what do you call it? Deported. And I am still here and I am as successful as any, as any person in this country. You remind yourself those days that you rose up when it was the end of it. And then mm. it's like, wow, I can trust. I can surely trust whoever is in control, whatever is in control that I can surely see tomorrow as bright as I did today. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Preach, girl, like you are speaking to the dreamer in me. And the dreamer in me is the part of me that makes me want to live a life that's fulfilling. And that makes me want to not settle for only the things that I can see. And so I think it's really important to have those conversations and to think about with not just with other people but also with yourself because you have to know what the dreamer in you wants and and you have to kind of understand what you're wise because as much as we want things to come sometimes we have to make them happen as you were <clears throat> saying we have to create those opportunities ourselves we were talking about confidence in going after what we want right and recently you said something that really stuck in my mind and you said something like you compressing your ideas might come in the way of giving someone an opportunity for context and just like for folks listening going after what you want having big dreams can sometimes be very scary if you feel like who are you to deserve something so grandiose or if the world is telling you that you're being unrealistic and you need to just do what everybody else is doing and exactly what we've been talking about so you said that you draw your confidence from knowing that you're potentially helping other people with your dream, which is interesting because your dream is something that starts with you, but you're saying what motivates you is not you, right? It's other people. Mm -hmm. So understanding it has, sometimes these dreams have nothing to do with you. It's mm -hmm. a purpose that you're meant to carry out. It's a purpose oh that yeah. will expand beyond you and help others mm -hmm. around you know when you get in your own head oh I'm shy oh I'm insecure about this my face my lips my hair mm -hmm. and when, when you start to think beyond that hey this is going to give somebody else something that they've been wanting for so long ultimately mm -hmm. those things that you had in your head seem so much smaller absolutely yeah <laughs> Yeah, I had to bring that up because when you said it, you were like, honestly, if you think about it this way, you know, you compressing your idea might come in the way of giving someone else an opportunity. I was like, okay. Yeah, like literally you imagine knowing that people could have been saved and you were doomed. Like, I don't know if you believe or people who are, who are listening to us believe in God, but imagine if Jesus was like, why am I going to die? But he didn't realize he was saving the whole universe just by him dying. Or even in literal time of today, when the Martin Luther King went on and started a whole movement, he, he, he got killed. And that was like for him, if he was selfish and chose to say, you know what? I want to have a better now. I'm going to have my life and I'm going to protect it by any means. And just like protect my little head and do the things that concern me like make sure I provide for my family and my kids and that's it who wouldn't have known that he liberated thousands of negroes all over the world people who tend to say I have a dream I feel like every time someone says I have a dream the mm -hmm. name I hear is Martin Luther King yeah they, I don't know <laughs> like that's what comes to mind so I'm like imagine you enjoying that little time of freedom which um our king is the one who said it he's like instead of dying for nothing, die for something because you're gonna die anyways. And I'm like, ooh, wow. So it's like, I'm going to die, that's the end of everybody's journey. But if I die for something, I'm going to live past this moment of my physical body. Mm -hmm. Someone will remember me. Mm -hmm. So if I What's your legacy? Book, yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> go ahead, go ahead, sir. I was going to say, it's like, what's your legacy? What's, what are you hoping to leave behind? 
mm-hmm. and how will you we all have this limited time span we think life is this thing that will go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever mm-hmm. in the way in our physical form no it it won't we all have an oh end God, yeah. like how do we make the most of life while we're here think of it as your as your monthly plan bill of your of your tell of a phone I, I used to do this thing where I would save my data. So turn off my data when I'm on Wi-Fi. And mm-hmm. then when I'm outside, I'll bring my data back home. But every time, no matter if I used 50% of the data or 100% of the data, every mm-hmm. month it gets cut off. So I'm like, even if I use it all, even if I save some, I won't be able to use it past the month, past the time that has already been created for it to be used for. So that's like what how I view my life as. It's mm-hmm. like, if I choose to live day by day protecting me, 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 I'm going to explain nobody will know that I even existed. Mm-hmm. But if I can leave little sparks there and there, make that my road, my journey messy as messy as it can be. Even when I make people angry, I'm like, oh my God, so I impacted you, I touched you in certain way. Because you gotta feel something. And if mm-hmm. I get opposed, I'm like, wow, so I said something you're not used to. So I said something that you don't agree with you. I'm saying something that is new to you. I feel thrilled in making people angry, happy, any sort of emotion, any sort of reaction, it makes me feel like I am felt, I am mm-hmm. seen, I have been heard. Today, mm-hmm. I'm not just only written in my journal, but I, I'm in someone else's journal as well. And that's mm-hmm. what I intend to do. And that's what I, oh. what I hope my children to do at the same. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. Such a beautiful way of thinking about living our lives and, and you know, living um, for more than just ourselves i mean now i understand so you are selected to compete in the miss face of humanity global competition oh can you, are you how are you feeling how are you feeling it's like are five you, months down are you prepared are, are you like in the in the midst of preparing are you feeling ready are you feeling nervous um honestly like I said, I, I don't know how to plan things. I don't know how I feel about it tomorrow. But I, as the moment, I feel it's the right thing to do. I mm-hmm. feel good about it, like really, really good. Because mm-hmm. not only I'm going to meet like a hundred of other women and coming from all over the world, there is like um, one of the girls was like in top five Miss Universe, uh, like in South Africa, and she's flying in. Like there's all these little things that I'm going to be able to experience. Mm-hmm. And there is the part where they ask for the money. So it's like we need 3000 for us to make uh, to move forward mm-hmm. i'm like i'm pretty sure i'm not gonna pay for that that's part of it so i'm like do i put in all the work and when that moment comes and just drop out but i'm like no you you went in for fun you won the first in- interviews like the first project like uh, telling them your project so they can allow you to participate or to compete i won those like all those things i'm like i'm gonna trust the process and whatever happens happens <laughs> well you've gone this far can you tell me can you or tell us more about the competition and how people can support uh, so um the competition is a uh, miss face of humanity globe uh, globe yeah miss face of humanity globe so uh they chose like hundreds of women from all over the world i think in canada or other countries they chose like a uh, women to represent cities i mean states because it's a huge country um and provinces in canada right yeah Mm -hmm. thank you and then um 
you get to pro to present a project. So it's not a it's not a beauty pageant. Beauty is like a compliment or icing on the cake. It's not the main part. Someone who's looking to do her part and play her role in bettering and uh, uniting people and spreading love. Mm -hmm. And so how people can support is follow our social media because they're looking for someone who is more engaged within the audience, someone who they think people feel comfortable. If it's comments on the photographs, it shows that you're reachable or you are, it, you can be you're approachable. And mm -hmm. that's a huge part. And uh, yeah, follow the journey, subscribe to our YouTube channels. I have my YouTube channel on the Cypher show. And uh, follow our Instagram, comment, share, like bring on any ideas, just brainstorm and help each other to better ourselves. Awesome. And can you vocalize your Instagram handle for folks who are listening? I'll just drop it in the comments um, okay. in YouTube. Okay, amazing. It's the Cypher Show. So they as in T-H-E and then Cypher, C-Y-P-E-R, show as in S-H-O-W. Okay, that's perfect. And I'm going to ask you now one of my favorite questions. But before I even move on, I just want to say I'm wishing you all the best with that journey. I know that you're going to be, regardless of what happens, the person that will make the most of it. So you have my full support. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. And putting yourself out there is something that isn't easy all the time. It takes a certain degree of confidence and, and trust in who you are so I also want to say that you know I'm looking up and I'm inspired by that as well thank you I'm humbled thank you so much <laughs> of course so back to my favorite question of all I like to ask every guest this it's, it's incorporated in the name of the show and that is what has your life on hi-fi my creator has my life on high five. He has taken so much time into creating me as a human being. I am able to give life to so many ideas and so many things and touch lives in this life that I have. We're at the end of the episode. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you've enjoyed this conversation so you know when the next episode drops. You already know we're building a tribe, the Hi-Fi tribe, where we're not afraid to get deep, embody all things things self-mastery and embody all things creative get involved by connecting with us on instagram at life on hi-fi and leave a review on apple Podcasts. now with that being said i'm really proud of some very interesting side projects happening in the works some nice surprises for you we're launching an official life on hi-fi website very soon with some of these treats stay gucci stay fly and keep creating